In this episode, you will discover the top five lessons we've learned from podcasters getting 10,000 plus monthly downloads and how you can apply them to your own podcast. Welcome to Why Your Podcast Isn't Growing, a podcast helping coaches, experts, business owners, or independent podcasters who want to do this full-time, gain clarity around why your podcast isn't growing as fast as you'd like, and learn the steps you need to fast-track slow and steady growth to gain thousands of new, highly engaged listeners. In this episode, you will discover why playing it safe is the riskiest move for your podcast, why comparing your podcast to others is actually a good thing, and the overlooked strategy of connecting with your audience through emails and how it can dramatically transform your listener loyalty and revenue. My name is Anthony Winery. I'm Ty Gaucher. And today we're going to be going over some of the top lessons that we have learned from successful podcasters, as well as some of our big guests that come into the podcast who are getting 10,000 monthly, 10,000 plus monthly downloads, mm. some over 100,000 monthly downloads, some even 300,000 monthly downloads. But the point is they're extremely successful. They've done it. They've been there, done that. And we want to distill some of our lessons that we've learned from them in this episode. So talk, mate. Let's get straight into it. Right on. And uh, to be clear, this is recapping podcasters that we've had on the show on our previous Monday episodes, sharing their voice notes themselves of how they did it and what their biggest takeaways from their journey was. So with that said, number one, our first lesson is none other than experimentation. That's right. Now that sounds a bit broad. Experimentation. A scientist. Calling myself a different thing every time, like sometimes insulting my listeners, sometimes not. What kind of experimenting do we mean? So when we say experimentation, a lot of the podcasts that I get in 10,000 monthly downloads each month, they all go through a phase where their podcast, of course, naturally evolves. You probably start off a bit shit and then hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully, just hopefully, you get better. But I feel like they're a lot more intentional. And when we talk about experimentation, this could literally be the main parts of their podcast they decide to change, i.e. the targeting. One of our guests, Raven, she went through this massive struggle for two years of podcasting. She was a coach herself, and she was just struggling to gain traction. She had a podcast that was relatively broad, but she'd been doing that broad show for two years. Her identity, yeah. to some degree, was part of it. She had tons and tons of episodes that was attached to the old show. Yep. I got to a point where the pain was just a bit too much. You thought, you know what? Let me just change the direction of my show entirely. That's her experimenting. And she didn't stop there. She didn't just change her podcast from a personal development show. I think it was called Thriving Intuitive. She went super specific, solving a relationship past trauma. Right? Well, the, the show went from being called The Thriving Intuitive to Empath and the Narcissist, which I think that tells people what you should yeah. know. It's a lot more specific, who it's for and uh, and what problem it was it was helping people with. 100%. So from there, she didn't stop. She then experimented some more. And she decided to add specific keywords to her show name, description, and all of her past titles. And again, that's experimenting side. She didn't just think, oh, I'll leave it here. My podcast is great. She looked back at that catalogue and thought, how can I improve this? How can I experiment to just see what happens? Mm -hmm. And what did happen? Well, she went from literally getting 400 downloads per month to now 30,000 plus monthly downloads. I think, what was it, like a year later or something the like that? The show blew the hell up. It That's blew the fuck happened. up. That's yeah. why. Not just a case of randomly just trying different things, 
But it's also not being afraid to try new things mm. when you've tested something, when you've done it for a year, two years, mm. sometimes three years. Then even. definitely don't be afraid to change your name, change your cover, mm. just change things up massively if it's not getting you the results you want. And a lot of the successful podcasters that we've spoken to, and of course had on the show, it's actually very common to hear that they change their name. Correct. Once, or name change is the most obvious one. But you know, other kind of big changes to the foundations of the podcast. In fact, I would say, just anecdotally, don't quote me on this, but but I'm pretty sure the majority of successful podcasters we've spoken to have gone through at least one or two iterations with a show. Correct. You know, different changes with a show. Yeah. And again, these are major changes. If you listen to this right now, for you, if you're not getting the growth that you want, I really want to hammer this point down of just experiment. I want to encourage you to experiment, to think about your show, to think about the direction. Don't try to play it safe and just change a little bit of the intro and a bit of this, but really think about the broader overall picture, the essence of the podcast. It seems a bit scary. I guess it kind of is a bit scary. It However, is, but not if you do it methodically. Because again, we're not just like still just throwing things at the wall, seeing what happens. Uh, we're doing it methodically. Be intentional when you mm. are experimenting and with the change. Obviously, have reasons for wanting to do that. Mm. Weigh up if that's going to be a good idea logically, if mm. it should put you on a better path. Um, and then, of course, give it its due course to test, right? It shouldn't be just like an every week thing. But when you break it down like that, then it does become a lot more manageable. And with big changes, they can be scary. But if you know your reasons for doing them, it makes sense in your head, then that's going to allow you to follow through. 100%. And look, most people right now either have a solo show or a co-host. If you do have a co-host and you're listening, send this to them. Say to them, hey, look, I've told you we should be experimenting. We should try something different. See what they say. Add as evidence that you're on the right track if you are already thinking about it. Maybe having a bit of a tug of war with your co-host. Maybe, because we've seen that happen. We've seen a lot of tug of wars happen. Because uh, normally one person comes around to it sooner than the others. That's a sign of, uh, of, of forward moving, I would say. So, number one, experimentation. Having a playful mindset when it comes to your podcast. Number two, the second lesson that we've learned is really the importance of building an email list, which is huge. I think we've known about building an email list for, for a while now. So, if you're listening right now, building a list just simply means collecting the emails of the listeners who listen to your podcast. This isn't just something even specific to podcasting. Well, I can think of one of our clients, he has a business podcast, and he says in his emails, he, he looks up to a load of like big entrepreneurs mm. and people with big personal brands. And there's a commonality in that a lot of what they say is they regretted not starting an email list sooner, mm. right? This is just a thing with any kind of business or, or endeavor that involves having an audience, but sp especially with podcasting. And why especially with podcasting? I think with podcasting, it's one of those things where audience engagement, getting listener feedback is so difficult most of the time. Very difficult. And you also want to retain your listeners longer term. Yeah, you have social media, but that gets so crowded, so much noise. It's hard to really break through sometimes. Mm -hmm. Whereas with an email list, it's going directly to your listeners. You can ask for feedback. And more importantly, you can tell that people are actually on the other side. If you have, let's say, a call to action for someone to join someone to get a freebie or a lead magnet of course you're not going to just say get a freebie down below that would be a bit that'd be a bit of a shit call to action to be honest with you but the point is if you're giving something away for free and then you have people who are engaging with the podcast it shows there's a life it shows that people do want what you have to offer but more importantly most podcasters try to monetize their podcast directly by pitching on the show no no, no. you're not going to be pitching on the show you want to warm people up but when you get them in the email list that's a lot more intimate. You can sell 
make more sales essentially when it actually comes to growing your list. Because the email list is far more intimate, selling is also easier because it's very direct and it's just landing in their inbox. Um, so I think that's the other reason why it's important when it comes to actually growing the podcast. And of course, we say that, of course, the podcast is perhaps the the most intimate medium because it's, it's the parasocial relationship, it's mm. the speaking. But having a way to then keep engaging with your listeners off the podcast if they miss an episode for some reason if they forget about your podcast or anything if they're in your ecosystem in a way where you can reliably reach them because you mm. can't always reliably reach them on social media but emails can make sure that your listeners know when you have a new episode or when something special happens on your podcast it's the most sure-fired way to reach people that initially engage with you from the podcast so there we go i don't want to beat a dead horse anymore i think we've we've hammered that home if you're listening right now and you don't have a email list ask yourself why not and of course, if you then want to take that next step, just ask yourself, what's something free of value that I can give to my listeners that can add value to their life? If you have podcasts about, you know, let's say business, could you do them an audit? We do audits and we give away a free book. Do you have a free book? Can you make a training, a mini course, anything like that? Even at bare minimum, if you have a lot of episodes, you can compile top 10 lists to achieve X goals. Love that. That's um, nice. And then send it to people. Again, it's not the most valuable thing because it is basically directing them more intentionally to your podcast episodes. Mm. But that's something, right? That's so a that, start. That's just point. me to say there's no excuse to not be able to give them something. Absolutely. So far, target we've covered experimentation, having the playful mindset. And then a the second lesson that we'll learn is really just building email lists, starting that early. Yeah, damn right. And then the third one is... Based... To be honest, this one here is going to just sound so like... Really, guys? Cliche. Really? Oh, my God. You're not really? Yeah, the most oversaid thing ever. But, you know, uh, consistency is key. <laughs> I've actually cringed. I'm cringing so hard about having to say this. But it's true. Yeah, me too. You know? Me too. It is. But I think, obviously, consistency is one thing we all I'll probably say yeah. never stopping. Because well, I think people are consistent. But I think it's literally just never stopping. Yeah, that, that was the point I was going to make. The, the consistency is one thing. But the point, the, what we've really learned from successful podcasters... It's not just general consistency, but that's like a prerequisite, yeah, really, if I you want your podcast to grow. That, right? But to really take things to the next level and really make sure you are one of the ones that actually outlast everyone else and that actually really keep your audience around in the long term and allow for proper momentum, then you have to find ways to make sure that you never stop your output, even in the most difficult times. Yeah. We, we have examples, right? Yeah. One of, the, one of the guests that came on late last year was Blank. Mm -hmm. Great guy, has a podcast. I think he's like in the, in the music niche. Yeah, he's um, a guitarist. He's a guitarist. He's now getting, I think, 40,000 plus monthly downloads, actually crushing it, and actually was able to launch one of the fastest growing guitar companies in his state off the back of his audience, mm -hmm. which is insane. Yeah, just shows just the, you uh, the, the power. The Tone Mob podcast. So That's big it. up, Blake. Big, big up. up, Blake. And Blake was in his story, shares how he was working a full time job, two jobs actually, and still grafting away at the podcast. And one of the biggest mistakes that he made was stopping for a little while then trying to get back on the horde because, again, he's built up all this momentum and then loses it, which is mm. horrible, right? You've done all yeah. this work, then you lose it because you've stopped for a period of time because maybe you have some self-doubt, maybe you worried, maybe you thought it wasn't worth it. However, he got back on his horse and just kept working through those tougher periods because he had this goal in mind, because he knew that over a long enough time frame, he was going to get to his goal of being able to become a full-time podcast and make a great income and have an audience that's going to provide him the highest ROI ever. And he pushed through that and didn't stop. And look where he's at now, right? He's getting, mm. again, literally 40,000 plus monthly downloads. But more importantly, 
a hugely successful business off the back of his show. His podcast is, as they would say, a marketing asset that's providing him massive positive ROI for his business, which I think is something that every podcast that I think we've ever spoke to would literally dreams of. They're like, yeah, oh my God, definitely. I love that. No, he, he is really a, uh, a picturesque dream life podcast. Well, from the outside anyway. Dream life podcast to what many would perceive anyway. So again, big up Blake, and we're not endorsing hustle till you die, that kind of vibe. There's not really the point of this. But the point is, consistency is prerequisite, right? That's why it cringes us, because it shouldn't even be brought up in conversation as like an important <laughs> thing. It should just be like just a given, right? <laughs> However, there's a difference between baseline consistency and doing whatever you need to do to make sure that no matter what's going on in other areas of life, you still get something out from the podcast, no matter if that's a repurposed episode or yeah. a five-minute bite-sized recap. When you hear it like that, Ty, it sounds pretty sad. However, it, it does, <laughs> and we have to be careful because I don't want people to take this the wrong but way. No, I think you're right, saying, though. Yeah. I think that's just the, the reality of the situation. It's, it's extremely competitive, and there's going to be other people who will be putting out content more consistently, who are always on. And for us, it's about being of service consistently to our audience yeah. and having that servant mindset where yeah. you, when you're really trying to build that audience, it's so, so important. It's not about you. It's about them. It's about giving more than you take. So that is really the third lesson that, we, that we've picked up, which is just don't stop. Please, 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 if you're in that tough spot right now, if you can't really see why you should keep doing it, you invest in all this time, all this energy, maybe have a team, maybe... You even have an agency that you're paying. Maybe you have an editor, a producer, and you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I can keep going. What's the point? That's normal. That Those things are going to come up, but you have to push through because on the other side of that, it's massive growth. So just keep pushing forward and never stop. Yeah, you're right. And, and before we move on, Raven that you mentioned earlier, a past client, perfect example of that. She nearly stopped, right? She was on the verge of quitting. And then on the other side of it was massive growth. So there we go. Absolutely. And then the final one, this is actually, I think this is a, this, this final lesson that we learned was one I did not expect, but it seems kind of obvious, but I personally don't expect it to, to hear it come up as much. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Which is a lot of the podcasters that are getting 10,000 plus monthly downloads, they all consistently said this whole idea of, hey, before I felt like I was living in denial, like I was living a facade, I was thinking my show was good, thinking that the quality of my content was good, but what were they comparing it to? How did they know it was good? Everyone says I make good content, I produce it. Da, da, da. Yeah, everyone does. Everyone and and does. from a certain perspective, that's true, right? But it's a very subjective thing. And, and you could also argue we are our own biggest critics, which we are. But also we sometimes, when we only have our own perspective, we don't really know if it's good mm. or not. And it could be good, but that doesn't mean that there could be competitors doing things that are way more innovative or way more engaging. So we can't just live in our own world when it comes to measuring the quality of our content. What is the lesson here? I guess that the lesson that we learned was two things, really. Number one, the podcast is getting 10,000 plus monthly downloads. I just look in reality in the face. What do I mean? They're looking at the top people in their niche. They're looking at other top podcasts in their niche, in their space, in their industry, and picking out the amazing parts of what they're doing, right? They have these yeah. role models that they really like and they aspire to be like. And then they reflect on their own podcast. They actually listen back to old tape, not just during editing, because we, we all do that sometimes if you're editing your own show or if you just got a new release, you got something that's been sent over by a producer. They're listening to old content over and over and over again with a fine ear. Listening critically. Uh, like, yeah. What did I do well? What questions could I have asked? How could I improve this for next time? And then 
implementing those changes, which I don't think a lot of people do. I struggle with, to be honest with you. I get so busy. Yeah, because it's, it's a boring thought, right? Like there's much, if it's like you have time to watch something or listen to something, it, it's hard to have the willpower to just go listen to something you've already listened to or something you've already recorded yourself. Another example is people always say that you get so much more out of a book when you read it twice. I've never read a book twice. But I definitely see the logic in it. But for me, whenever I do read a new book, I would much rather just read something new than reread the same old thing twice. Mm. However, there is probably so much more benefits of reading the same book twice. You know, I read books twice. You know that, don't you, right? All right, no need to flex. But again, me personally, something that I definitely struggle with, I think I shot you a text the other day, didn't I, Tiger, saying, look, dude, we need to start reviewing our podcast a bit more. We want to make sure we're creating the best content for our listeners, for you listening right now. And for you listening right now, Again, it's something that I personally really struggle with trying to find the time, but I know it's going to be important if I really, if we, if we have the goal of becoming the best podcast within this space. And if you, if you're listening to this right now, we know that you're you're ambitious and you want to become the best podcast you, you possibly can be, mm-hmm. which means we we will have to make some time to actually just reflect on our show, listen to our podcast with a critical ear, and then compare our shows to other podcasts and think, what are they doing that I'm missing? What are they doing that I really like? And honestly, start playing around with that. Of course, be more of yourself. But really, again, if, if they're in the top of the space and they're, they're killing it, they're doing things that's obviously resonating with the mass audience and the listeners that you want to reach. So yeah. picking out the right paths that you like and you admire. It's not about being jealous or being envious, but it's about being intentional about the, the pieces of their show that you really like. Yeah, definitely. I think that the way that was worded is sometimes if we just said, compare your show to others and see what you're missing, that can sound like a bit of a chore. It can sound a bit negative, but it really is just research your podcasting niche by listening to competitors' shows and see what they do well that you might not be thinking of that you can add. You can look at it in, in two completely different lights. But yeah, there we go. That's our four lessons. So let's summarize. Number one, experiment. Not like a headless chicken, with intent, methodically and with conviction behind the changes you're going to make and that one that will make it a lot less scary but two then it's going to be improvements every single time yeah, right? even if something unexpectedly fails it's still an improvement because you now have so much more knowledge and you know what doesn't work so you're closer to what does right again anecdotally don't have the stats for it but i'm pretty sure the majority of podcasters we spoke to that are successful something i've heard very commonly is that they changed their show once or twice they changed the name that kind of thing so know that as well number two Building your list. Start building your list, whether it's a freebie, a course, a mini course, or simply just sending people to previous past episodes that you've created, a playlist of how to execute on a particular goal, i.e. how to gain your first 100 listeners, or how to lose 10 pounds using these 10-minute exercises. Whatever it is, make sure to give your audience some free value and get them into your list early on. It's called a lead magnet, Anthony. Do even business, bro. The next one is uh, consistency is the bedrock of all things, right? Like we shouldn't need to actually really make that clear. It's a given. But there's the extra mile, which is really making sure to never stop, even in the thick of it, even when you feel like it, even when other people from the outside say, oh, you should take a break. Because what for one, you can take a break from recording, but still never stop podcasting, right? Again, we've gone over ways to do that. Make sure that your output remains stoic and, and vigilant at all times. And then finally, play back game tape Mm -hmm. listen back to old episodes with a critical ear and ask yourself analyze what could i have improved what could i have done better what questions could i have asked how could my tonality been different was my energy high low 
And of course, look at other podcasters in your niche, the top dogs, the, the, <laughs> the people at the top of the mountain who already have built that audience and that foundation. And ask yourself, what are they doing that I could steal from? What hey, do I like about their show? What yeah. are their strong points? And, and how might I blend some of those strong points and make them my own in a different way? And that's it. So I guess the call to action. For me, honestly, the call to action for this episode is going to be to maybe slot some time next week in the calendar. See when you've got 20, 30 minutes free to just review some old tape. Look at your competitors. Ask them, who are the top three people who have a podcast that I admire, that I love, that I really engage with? And pick out one or two things that you really like that they do and start implementing it into your podcast. Maybe it's a way they ask a question. Maybe it's their energy. Maybe it's their tone. Whatever it is, implement it in for the next, well, forever really, onto your show. Yeah, and look, I, I want to add the lazy version of that call to action, right? Because I, I can just, I can hear our listeners right now saying, look, I'm busy, Q1, my business always blows up around this time of year. I've got a million things to do that can wait. Cool, I get it, I, I really do. At the bare minimum, I'm sure you have something in the weekly schedule, whether it's the gym, walking the dog, you, ha- you will have some regular time where you have a chance to listen to things passively. Once a week, maybe just a Monday session at the gym, for the next few weeks, one Monday, listen to an old game tape when you're at the gym. Then the next Monday, listening to a competitor shows when you're at the gym. It doesn't take much more time. It doesn't even sacrifice other things you might listen to. Mm. Um, this is the very bare minimum of how you could take a step in this right direction. I love it. Do you? Really? Was that okay? That was good. Okay, good. All right. And we'll catch you in the next episode.